This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join Oanda Senior Market Analyst in New York, Ed Moyer. Good afternoon, Ed. Hi, Johnny. Great to close out the week with you. Yes, and it's an auspicious day because, of course, it's the uh, first Friday of the month and it's non-farm payroll day. And joining us once again is Trader Nick. How are you, Nick? I'm good, Johnny. And you said it best, a wild day for NFP. To be expected to have craziness, but today's moves are not necessarily completely expected. Very unusual. And we were just talking before we came on air. Difficult to explain some of the market reaction. Let's just drill down on the figures before I hand over to what you think. The number of jobs has surged much more than expected in the United States, and that certainly will be fueling expectations that interest rates could rise further. Employers added 336,000 jobs in September. That's almost double the 170,000 estimated. Nick, first of all, what do you make of the market reaction? Because the market is up today. I don't understand, and uh, I don't think anybody else does. Well, Johnny, we have an interesting job here, uh, a fun job sometimes, where we get kind of put on the hot seat and everybody wants to know, you know, what is causing this move right now? And we've got some ideas. I think Ed has a few more than I do. But just to also reiterate what you said, that's a huge increase in employment change. Not to mention across the border, Canada also had a major beat in terms of jobs numbers. A lot of a lot of jobs created in Canada, created in the U.S. Uh, in September, very clear labor market strength. Now, this is coming off of, uh, you know, if you were to apply a, a, a three-month average to the labor, to the NFP number, it's been on the way down. But today is, a, I think it's an eight-month high in terms of jobs created and this also, not to mention, you mentioned 171,000 was the forecast. Not to mention on top of that, it's also, uh, th- that was less than last month's number. We were expecting to see a continuation of that downward trend in job creation, which is what the Fed needs to happen. We've talked about it over and over on this podcast for inflation, plat- you know, the, the plateau, the, the ceiling uh, that we've faced with inflation getting down into those uh, mid 3.5% uh, range. For the Fed to see that number to crack, to get closer to its 2% target, we needed a number today that was going to help out with that. And it does not seem we've got it, right? And you mentioned some very weird reactions. However, the initial reaction very much made sense to me. I mean, it was obviously a really hot job number, 336,000 jobs. That's huge. Now, we also had unemployment rate tick up, which uh, I like to clarify this to to newer listeners or to newer uh, traders or investors. How can both of those two numbers go up? How can you have the unemployment rate percentage go up while the NFP, the the employment change went up as well? We had a ton of jobs created and yet the unemployment rate went up. The reason or the answer, the simplest way I can explain it is we're seeing participation rate in the United States increase. So a lot more people are out there looking for jobs. So it can actually exist where people are getting more jobs, but at the same time, we get a tick up in the unemployment rate. People saying, hey, I don't have a job. I'm looking for one kind of thing. Um, anyways, to, to follow up on that, again, the initial reaction made sense. We saw dollar shoot to the moon, break out of resistance levels on you know the, the lower time frames, big time. But we found what seems to be or what seems to have been a bottom. But you know, following that, the dollar completely reversed those gains, and the inverse effect happened on the indices. We saw a massive jump on the Nasdaq. We saw a big jump on the S and P five hundred, and. Um, you know, it almost looks like we had a we had a, a, a 
cool jobs numbers from the from the price action. But again, we don't. We have hot jobs numbers. So Ed, I want to bring you in on this because maybe I could just pass the baton, give you the hard question here. Why jobs data strong and yet NASDAQ, S&P up, oil up? Uh, what do you see? Is there something you're seeing that we're not? I, I think today was uh, a fascinating day. Um, when we uh, saw the you know initial drop, everyone just focused on that headline number, 336,000. Um, rather impressive. Uh, when you add on the revisions um, for the past two months, um, it, it showed, you know, roughly over 450,000 plus jobs were, you know, added to the economy. That is pretty impressive. Um, the report, however, was not um, completely uh, as hawkish um, when you consider wage pressures came in a little bit softer than expected. Um, you know, this is, this was, you know, the initial reaction was pretty clear. We saw uh, long-term U.S. yield surge the highest levels since 2007. Um, I think you know this is uh, this is a, a report that really uh, you know stunned most people on Wall Street. Um, I think when you consider the concerns that we were going to start to see, uh, you know, much of corporate America has been signaling uh, warning signs and, and uh, have been. Uh, providing, you know, I think uh, an expectation that we were going to start to see uh, hiring cool. Um, you know, that obviously didn't happen. Um, you know, I think one of the key things when you take a look, though, um, you always have to see how was the market positioned, and uh, the the market for for the most part uh, was anticipating that, you know, we're we're going to see um, a hot a hot number was going to send treasury yields higher, and that that clearly happened. Uh, um, I think what a lot of people were then starting to realize was that even, you know, right now, when you take a look at Fed rate high expectations, they really didn't change that much. And I think what we're starting to see is the market is becoming fairly convinced that, you know, higher for longer uh, just became higher, uh, even much higher, and it's going to last even longer. And that is going to probably... Um, for the most part, uh, trigger, uh, you know, an economic slowdown that is going to do the Fed's work and, and bring inflation down. Um, I think, you know, something is going to break given where rates are. And uh, that's why we're, we're starting to see, you know, the markets, once the move was exhausted, people then started to realize that, okay, even if we get a hot inflation report next week, it's probably one more rate hike. Because policy has become, and because the long end has really uh, surged higher, uh, yields that is, this is going to be trouble for corporate America. Um, so I think we're, what we're going to see is refinancing debt, taking on more debt is, is going to be a big issue um, in 2024. So for, for me, next week is going to, people are going to focus on an inflation report, but I think, you know, with the start of earnings season, we're going to hear from the big banks. And uh, this is going to be what decides, you know, the, the fate of the economy, the fate of the, the U.S. dollar. Is the consumer still resilient? You know, has did the majority of the middle income households blow their excess savings? Um, how bad is how bad are credit card delinquencies? You know, what are debt levels becoming too uncomfortable? Um, I think that's going to be the story that we're going to hear, and it seems. You know, the last, you know, few earnings reports 
uh, we've been surprised with how how strong the consumer um, has has remained. But I think this is this earning season. I think is where uh, things um, you know take a turn for the worse. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But right now, I think uh, you know when people dissected this report, you know leisure and hospitality jobs uh, made up more than a quarter of the job gains. Uh, those jobs obviously aren't, that trend is not going to continue. I think uh, there's there's probably good reason to anticipate that we're, we're going to see, um, you know, this is going to be the peak in, in, in the jobs number. You know, there, there's just um, all signs about the economy, except for the manufacturing sector, which could be, you know, rebounding, suggests uh, we're going to have weaker prints going forward. And I think the market is now anticipating that this is, for the time being, we, we could see the long end continue to have rates, you know, remain supported. I think it's it's more of a wait and see as to what happens with the rest of the economy. But I think for, um, you know, the dollar trade that, you know, has, you know, and when you take a look at the dollar trade, you have to, you know, against the euro, that was for the most part um, heavily, I think, oversold. Um, you know, when you start to have almost most analysts eyeing 102, uh, you know, then you, you're at you're at some you know pretty dangerous levels for a reversal. So I think once um, the dollar was unable to strengthen further against the euro, it, it kind of triggered that reversal. You highlighted uh, Canada's uh, employment report. You could see the loony performing nicely. I mean, that tripled their expectations. So I mean, North America um, really <laughs> having quite the the hiring spree. I, I think you're you're, you're going to see that. Uh, is this the end? Is this the peak in rates? No, there's still a chance that we could see yields continue to rise. Uh, positioning overreaction to a payroll Friday, um, you know, typically does provide us with you know that volatility. But I think for the for for a lot of traders right now, they're you know they're looking at okay, does what's this do on a on an FX side? And dollar yen is is still looking like a. Uh, this is going to be one of the more fascinating trades. Um, well, we'll probably see, uh, given the macro backdrop, you know, we could see another run towards 150. We'll see what happens. But uh, this is a, we're, we're entering a, a moment in Wall Street where the volatility is going to remain intense. If inflation does peg back to the target of 2%, is that even enough? Because these jobs numbers are so strong at the moment, obviously things could change. But is this about more than inflation? So, Johnny, to answer that question, I guess one thing we have to talk about is if we go back several months on the podcast, Ed and Craig both kind of pointed out something that has stuck with me, which is the jobs data, the reason it carries so much impact is in some ways this really strong labor market that we currently still see, obviously, today uh, is, is a barrier to us getting to that 2%. Because I remember several months back, before we got this resumed uptick in inflation, uh, I, I believe it was Ed was was mentioning that it's very very difficult to get down to that two percent, and that it was likely to you know that that nine uh, percent or over wherever we were previously, that the high down to that four percent mark was kind of the easy part. That last component with really hot job hiring uh, makes it very very difficult to get down to that two percent. If we were suddenly down to the two percent in a rapid succession, um, I think it would be a very different situation than than we are in today. Uh, but I think you know, in terms of going forward, 
for the CPI report, thinking ahead with this jobs number. I think part of the reason the reaction here today was initially a little spooked was, hey, is this just going to continue to lead to inflation being a, a serious problem? And again, to Ed's point, that higher for longer concern, and you go out on the year, uh, the, the yield curve, you know, the 20, uh, the 30 year, uh, the 10 year, right? They're they're on the knocking on the door of of, of 5%, um, which, you know, to to the to the bearish point, you got to start looking at yields, I think, and at least considering the idea that is that going to be uh, a, a true competitor? Are we seeing bonds become somewhat competitive to stocks again? For a very long time, there was not even a, uh, bonds couldn't even put up a fight in terms of what they were yielding relative to the stock market. And that that kind of coming back into the picture uh, during all this tightening does does call into some questions. I do also want to point something out um, that, that you mentioned, Ed, that I thought was interesting. You know, we saw the uptick in hiring across North America, but also what's popular in North America with this seasonal stuff that we've kind of been talking about coming into the fourth quarter, uh, many, many retail-facing um, companies have some of their biggest quarters at the end of the year, as we talk about frequently. I wonder if maybe some of this t- hiring uptick is due to a little bit of a blip in hiring ahead of time. I run a company and I know that we have some plans for the end of the year in terms of what we want to offer to people. And with that, if we wanted to hire, we're not hiring. But if I was to hire somebody, I know I would want to throw it out till August, September, that sort of range to give them time to get trained ahead of the big season. So I wonder if there's any of that baked in there as well. Ed, what do you think to Nick's theory? I think um, when you take a look at where the majority of the hiring came from was leisure, hospitality, government, healthcare, educational jobs were key. The healthcare is complicated, but the rest weren't probably not going to see (laughs) those types of job gains um, again anytime soon. Um, And when you, you know, take a look at spending trends, uh, some of the outlooks for the holiday season, um, people aren't really looking to ramp up that much, I think. I mean, take a look at all the guidance profit warnings that we've got um, from most consumer stocks. So I anticipate that, you know, employment gains are going to continue to slow. um, And that's, you know, this one report, you know, I think there's probably a lot of things that went well for it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned about wages, to be honest. Uh, I think you're, you know, we have, it seems like we have a strike every week. Um, you know, whether it's actors, whether it's healthcare employers, whether it's automakers, um, the end result is going to be a lot of these, you know, industries are going to see roughly 20% wage increases. So, um, I, I think that, you know, the, uh, the battle and into getting, you know, policy restrictive enough is, you know, is also seeing uh, uh, a recalibration of R star, which is the real neutral rate. So for, for the, the, for the long run. So the fed might have to settle on a higher inflation target down the road. They're, they're not going to talk about it now. That's, I mean, if, if we, if we, if we do see inflation come very, very close to the target and if the economy, um, has has you know entered a, a slowdown period you you could make the case where the fed would be content um that they don't need to you know choke the economy even further so um i i think you you're probably going to see that the fed there's so many other factors right now that will dictate what happens with bond yields and 
treasury auctions are going to become probably a highlight of these podcasts. I think we're going to, I mean, the Fed's no longer a buy. I think you're seeing foreign investment uh, or foreign buyers have also uh, taken um, an interesting approach. We've seen the, the, that become an issue and we have so much issuance coming on. So we could see, you know, some further bond market chaos um, pretty soon. I think, you know, the, the, the big move in yields it happened when Treasury Secretary Yellen announced all the additional issuance that we're going to be seeing uh, a couple months ago. And I think right now, you know, in, in, in a month's time, we're going to be talking about, well, U.S. debt concerns. We have a new House speaker. You know, we, we could see, uh, you know, the, the debt situation become uh, a primary focal point again. So, um, you know, uh, you know, the government shutdown talks will probably lead to <laughs> um, some tense moments. So I think we're, we're, we're going to see um, amplified volatility in the bond market and that, that that's going to uh you know obviously keep fx you know trades uh jumpy and uh i think for for right now you know the current pulse is that okay we we're, we're gonna see these long-term u.s yields r- remain at some high levels for quite some time and that's going to um serve as another form of tightening just like you know feds daily said yesterday if rates continue to stay at these high levels that's you know going to have the same impact as, as a rate hike so watch out if you know if, if 5% on the 10 year does happen before the November 1st meeting i would probably be surprised if the fed had to deliver on um an, another rate hike but we'll, we'll we'll see what happens um but there's there's probably going to be um other drivers besides just employment and cpi that really you know determine where yields go markets up today despite those figures and oil has gone north as well it has and uh again just i I said when we were jokingly getting on the podcast that the difficulty level of the market trying to explain it today was on hard mode uh but oil is up and um you know oil is an interesting one because it's it's watching the yields world it's watching uh global risks it's watching the equity market uh it's it's a very interesting kind of uh topic right now we have discussed however um you know, that 80 to 90 range that uh, does seem to be the the prime area. I think Craig was mentioning to us the last time we were on how that's kind of where the Saudis would like it to be. The, between that 80 to 90 uh, range, they could get kind of their, their optimal uh, pricing point, I guess, for, for exports. And I, I think, you know, with whatever optimism is being found, uh, you know, Ed, you made some great points about right as we started here sentiment in markets is pretty extreme, right? People are very uh, scared and nervous. And, and oftentimes when things get too polarized one way, there's uh, some pretty strong bounces that can be found on any signs of relief. So you mentioned wage growth, not necessarily, um, it's really slowing, but but less growth than what was expected today. So there are some things that you can kind of grab at uh, to, to consider. And then also the the trend of jobs still on the downside. And then I think also what really uh, stood out to me about what you pointed out that I think could be impacting kind of just risk sentiment, which might help to boost oil, et cetera, is the, um, is the where those jobs were added. And to your point, the component that they're not necessarily uh, going to be follow through ads in those areas. Uh, most likely. So I think that that could also just be acting to lift the risk trade uh, across the board, which can positively impact oil as well. 
What was fascinating about the oil market is that, you know, prior to non-farm payroll, this was going to be the worst week uh, since March. And there was global growth concerns. Um, and then you get, you get a shockingly strong, you know, employment number. It says, wow, consumer's not in that bad shape. But when you take a look at some of the data, uh, gasoline demand to the lowest level in 25 years, that's not good for demand. Um, it seems, you know, you, you really can't, when you, when you follow those EIA weekly reports, there's, there's so much noise, but you know, the trend has been for weaker gasoline demand and we, we've seen, um, concerns go grow that, you know, the, the consumer is feeling the pitch now, uh, oil prices, gasoline prices, um, for the most part, they're flat on the, uh, you know, from a year ago, um, I think you're, you're, you're probably going to see that though. The consumer is definitely feeling the pinch. Um, we're done with the travel boom from the summer. Um, but in the end, it, you know, you have to focus on supplies and, uh, you know, some of the headlines, Russia easing some of those diesel export bans, you know, that's like more supplies coming back on. Um, and we had some other headlines as far as other, um, oil producing countries, were um, being able to ramp up their efforts, uh, Norway uh, as one of them. Um, and, and I think what you're going to see is, you know, in the end, OPEC Plus is still, they're still running the show. They're still going to be able to keep this market tight. Um, I think there's no one that really wants to, to bet against them. So you'll probably see there'll be jawboning if we saw, if, if oil broke below $80, they were going to be jawboning. They'd say like, we're, you know, we might have to, consider more production adjustments. And, um, I, I think, you know, for the most part, market's still tight, market's still tight, demand destruction. It's, it's happening, but I'm, I'm not that concerned for, for the energy space. I mean, if you take a look at some of the, um, you know, key drivers, I mean, China's turning the page next week, we're going to get probably some impressive Chinese data. I think we're going to get Trade balance, yeah, both exports and imports are going to be down roughly 8% or so. But when you take a look at the stimulus that's hitting the economy, when you take a look at financing, there's lots of positive signs there. So um, expectations should be for China's situation to improve. I mean, they just had Golden Week, probably a, a big boost there. I mean, they did raise prices to Asia, uh, the Saudis, that is. Um, so, uh, you know, oil, you know, is... It's like a falling knife, you know, people realize it's down $10 from the high, you know, where does it bottom out? I think, you know, there's a chance that the bottom, you know, was made today and we'll see if that continues. But, uh, for, for now, um, the demand situation is going to be key and we'll, we'll see if that, uh, um, somewhat improves globally, maybe it weakens in the U S but I think the rest of the world, specifically Asia is looking a little bit better. Okay, guys. Thank you very much for a fascinating uh, conversation this afternoon. Let's see what happens uh, next week and beyond. Very interesting indeed. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. You too. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.